recall of Gascon in LA failed. What do you think happened here? The recall of Gascon should have been about getting rid of a district attorney that does give people safety in their everyday lives. Do you think this is the root cause? As I always say facetiously, unless you own a tent company, you're probably not for the homeless. And nobody likes crime, unless you're one of the criminals, of course, in which case I'll put them aside. Most people feel there's nothing they can do about it. Do you think this kind of movement has any chance to bring changes to California? It feels it gives us a voice. It gave us an opportunity to participate in having a say in the way our state is run that we didn't feel we had before. And isn't that really what politics is supposed to be about? My guest today is Mike Nether, Vice Chair at Rebuild California. He also led the grassroots effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. We need to undo the damage that some of these politicians are doing, especially in Los Angeles. Why did the recall of Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon fail? Let's find out in today's episode. I'm Siamak Korami. Welcome to California Insider. It's really a pleasure to be here today. I'm so excited to have this venue to discuss recalls and direct democracy in any other direction you'd like to We go. want to talk to you about, we just had a recall and it failed. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear your side of it, having the experience. You did the recall with the, the campaign on the recall of the governor, and then there was a recall in San Francisco that actually succeeded with the, with the school boards, and also it was with the district attorney. But there was a recall of Gascon in LA that failed. And this is like second time or third time, and they've been trying this. And what do you think happened here? I think that happens for starters because it becomes more about collecting money and consultants taking money from the system, not the consultants don't have a right to do it. But when money becomes the primary force in any cause or movement, like the recall of Gascon, start by saying, let's raise a lot of money. Because politics is trained to raise a lot of money so the consultants who fundraise, who make a commission on it, see a great opportunity to raise a tremendous amount of money. But when they do, they say, well, we have to justify raising this money for our commission of donors, and so we better spend a lot of money. The recall of Gascon should have been about getting rid of a district attorney that does give people safety in their everyday lives. Instead, out of the gate, it became, let's see how much money we can raise, because we're always told that it takes money to get things done. It doesn't always take money to get things done. It takes some money. But the reality is, if people are impassioned about what they're doing, and this is throughout history, they can get things accomplished if they care. The recall of Gavin Newsom happened because the people of California were impassioned about getting it on the ballot to make a statement that they don't like the direction that California is going. Now, do you think this kind of movement, this kind of grassroots movement, eventually when you guys did the grassroots movement, the Republican Party got involved with the recall too. So do you think this kind of movement has any chance to bring changes to California? 
It's interesting because we talk about the Republican Party being ineffective, and quite honestly, they are in California because, again, a small group of them have become about money and power, just a little bit like the Gascon recall, where a large group of Democrats who run the party are about money and power. But if you really take a look, the majority of people in California want the same things. So the recall of Gavin Newsom was really more about creating a political movement without creating another party, because that's awkward to do, if you will, especially in California. The barriers to, the, uh, barriers to entry are relatively difficult. It really was about bringing a lot of people out to be able to have a voice. It was fascinating, and still to this day, I do rallies and I do all kinds of things, and people come up to me and they go, I want to thank you and Orrin Heatley for starting the recall. And I go, why? They go, because it feels it gives us a voice. It gave us an opportunity to participate in having a say in the way our state is run that we didn't feel we had before. And isn't that really what politics is supposed to be about? So the recall of Gavin Newsom created a movement. That momentum of movement is what helped get recalls done in San Francisco. And if that, our movement had been combined with the resources of the recall Gascon movement, it would have been on the ballot in November. Now, you mentioned this group of people that don't have a voice. Why don't they have a voice? Well, I guess it's a lot like me, okay? I didn't really get, in, it's not like I have a big political background. Orrin and I have absolutely none. Um, people often ask, what was the precipitating event that got you into this? Um, the reality is we just got mad enough to do something about it, right? So we started a recall of the most powerful official in California, in fact, maybe in the United States. People, a lot of the times, don't have a voice either because they're not cognizant as to what's going on around them or why it's going on around them would be a better way to put it. And they also feel that they don't know what to do, right? It's, it's interesting. Um, we all will, for instance, like less crime. Let's agree on a couple things. We all like water. Most of us like electricity, right? as I always say facetiously, unless you own a tent company, you're probably not for the homeless. And nobody likes crime, unless you're one of the criminals, of course, in which case I'll put them aside. But the challenge is most people feel there's nothing they can do about it. They can have groups, they can rant, they can rave, but they elect officials which they feel are by proxy should be voting for their better interest. And what happens is, because they don't pay attention to the workings of state government, it's just not very sexy, okay? We like to report on the national government. It's, but you know, the reality is, it's like you don't see the news media gathered around Sacramento, you know, buzzing around on a given day. They're like, hey dude, what happened with AB 271? I don't know, I fell asleep, man, <laughs> you know, I really don't. But the reality is, What's happened in California and the rest of the nation paid attention to the recall of Gavin Newsom because 
it gave people an awareness as to what's going on in California and gave the individual, and I think this is one of the most important points, the recall, a recall or direct democracy empowers an individual to actually have something to do on any given day that will have a cause and an effect. So much of the time, we watch the news at home and we have a reaction to it. We're happy, we're sad, whatever, right? But we say, hey, you know, nothing I can do about it. I guess I can lock up my windows or I can pay more taxes, I guess, or do what they tell me to do. But what power do I have as an individual to make a change? The recall of Gavin Newsom united a state of California across party lines, across diversity lines, across economic lines. Well, frankly, I'm gonna, I wanna give proper credit, if I can here, to who really was responsible for the recall of Gavin Newsom. Go ahead. Gavin himself. The reality is we had a once in a lifetime politician that was so inept that he dined at the French Laundry while he's shutting down California that bumbled and fumbled his way and then COVID came along and exasperated the public. So what an opportunity to make the nation aware of what one party rule results in in the country's largest state. And this is a lot of what the recall of Gavin Newsom was about. Many people say, well, you know, it didn't go through, it didn't pass. Well, Gavin Newsom had to spend $90 million, I want you to get your arms around that, on Orrin Heatley and myself to defend his crown, right? But it's the, it, it's the first in a series of things that we, the people of California, have to do, regardless of party, to get our government back from one party rule. So why did you guys focus on Newsom? Was there a reason why you went after him? Yeah, because most of California, as I stated earlier, is not cognizant of what goes on. Xavier Barcera, which I think uh, Biden calls Baccarat, who's now the um, Secretary of Health and Human Welfare, was the Attorney General of California before he, of course, went on to greater things. Elaine Koulakis is Lieutenant Governor of California. But the reality is the average Californian is not cognizant who those people are. The names don't ring a bell with them. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't unite everybody up and down the state. Gavin Newsom as governor of California, and I want to go on record as saying really not a very good one, okay, is a name that everybody knows. And the people of California have the right to run a recall against him. And so that name alone, that brand, that image of a bad politician allowed us across the board to unite the people. If you pick another office, unfortunately, most of the time to ignite this movement, to start this movement, people aren't cognizant who those officials are or what effect they have on their everyday life. So you guys did this because you wanted to show like you wanted to bring attention to the main office, to the largest office in, in California. You didn't have anything against him personally. Did well, you? no, personally, I, look, I've never met Gavin Newsom. I'm sure he's a friendly guy. But 
This is the difference in understanding what determination does. So there's a group of six or eight of us, right? And Orrin Heatley and I are two voices, and Orrin Heatley is the main proponent. I call me, I'm always like the third one to sign. We have a tech person named Dan, Robin, Christine, Susan. This little committee met. This is actually an interesting story because we met back in January of 2020, and there was another recall that was started by a woman named Erin Cruz that wasn't successful because it was kind of poorly organized, right? But it gained 365,000 signatures or so. We're like, well, that's kind of interesting. There's really an appetite to get rid of Gavin. People don't like him. Um, so we got together and we did a lot of research and had, a, we thought, a very good plan to how to proceed with the recall. What we didn't know, which this sometimes shows where ignorance is bliss and we're happy campers, is political people came to us after the um, initiative came out in June, said, hey, did you know guys know this is the largest initiative in American history? We said, huh? They said, oh yeah. They said, even though it's only 12% of the people that voted for governor last time, because of the size of California and the voter registration, it's gonna be the largest initiative in American history. In fact, we were told it's second largest in the world only to Brexit, in, you know, in the UK, Brexit. Uh, we're like, oh no, we didn't know that, but oh well, we already started the petitions in motion. And then we were told, well, how do you plan on doing it? Because you guys have like a thousand bucks. We said, we're gonna do it with volunteers and the power of the people and good organization. And we were told by political pundits, well, you guys don't know what you're doing. They go, that would be the largest volunteer effort ever in American history. There's no way you political novices are going to get this done. And in a way, that worked to our advantage because we didn't start with the professionals. Some came along along the way and we brought them in, took some knowledge from them and then parted ways. But the reality is we had determination and we found so many other people that had determination. So many volunteers up and down the state that literally stood out in the rain, the heat, the snow, literally to gather signatures, not because they were getting paid to do it, but simply because they cared. And that's, I think, what we have going for us and that still exists in California today. And when people say, California is such a liberal or blue state, that's political division. The recall, oddly enough, brought so many people together and it violated one of the basic one-on-one rules of politics, which just blew me away. And what was it? Unhappiness. Shocking as it was, right? Pol politics is supposed to be a grumpy sport, right? You see politicians, they're right, wringing their hands. I noticed as I went to literally the thousands of points, and there's lots of video of this, lots of film with people in it and lots of rallies. You didn't see people angrily protesting. You saw something that you normally don't see in politics. Smiles. People were happy to be able to participate in taking their state back. It wasn't necessarily, 
Of course, they were happy to get rid of Gavin. Let's be 100% clear on that. Recall Gavin, right? But they were delighted that was they had a voice. It was more about the individual having a voice. And this is where professional fundraisers don't really get it, right? They're about raising money, which the people aren't good at. And a lot of times politicians are about, oh my God, we can't say anything because somebody at the certain times will say something and you know, and it's like, I can't stand up for my values because somebody might be mad at me. Do you think this is happening across the city? Because I think Gavin Newsom, he wants to run for presidency and he's under a lot of pressure from all these different factors around him. Do you think this is happening to a lot of these politicians? Oh, absolutely. In other words, I think the problem with the Republican Party in California today is they like, well, we must run to the middle. We don't have any values. We've got to make everybody happy because look what the Democrats are doing and my God, they're winning. I think the problem we have in California today, and I want to be very candid here, is we have bad politicians running on both sides. Okay, and this doesn't mean that they're bad human beings, okay, because that, you know, that when people run for office, they want to find everything about them that might make them a bad human being. I'm a political advocate. I'm not running for office. But they dug an Orrin Heatley's past. They looked for Facebook. I'm like, you guys know we're not running, right? I mean, it's <laughs> like, because we dare to speak our voice, now you wanna find Facebook posts from three years ago that maybe we talked bad about a dog or something? I mean, it's like, seriously, you wanna dig into our past? We're political advocates, we're not running. So the reality is, is that we stood up in California for our values and people respected that. And I think people, the, the press, sorry, present company excluded, of course, um, wants to suppress, right, people We'll have to edit that out, I'm just I, kidding. I know, I <laughs> well, the reality is that, it's you know. It's true, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm I mean, we won't No, I know that. you are, but it's really <laughs> funny, right? Like you read the blank, blank times, centered in LA, I'll let you fill that in later. And it's become one big opinion piece. It's like they can't even report a score on a ball game without giving an opinion on the players a lot of the time. Why don't we report the things that we need to fix without everything simply being an extension of a political party? The average person on the street again really wants to lead a normal good life and not be overtaxed, scared of speaking their mind, right? I mean, I'm, I was, I'm a little confused when you asked me earlier. You said, why do people, people come up to me in tears to this day, this happened just Sunday night, and their tears are in eyes. I'm like, is it my cologne? And they go, no, no, no. We wanna thank you for starting the recall. We never knew what to do before to have a voice. And by the way, yes, some are Republicans. Yes, some are Democrats. Yes, there's some independent. But when they come up to me, I don't say, excuse me, before you talk to me, can I know your political affiliation? I assume they're a Californian, because most of them are. 
And because they're a Californian, they simply want to say the recall or, you know, it gave us a voice. It stimulated and brought people out. So going back to values and politicians, sometimes and a lot of times now that the people that are in charge, they don't stick to their principles. If the Democratic Party, some of their leaders, they're actually getting a lot of money from big companies. Really? They are against I hadn't the heard companies. that. Do you think this is the reason why there is this big dissatisfaction? Whether it's 40% of people, whether it's 50% of people in California, the people that got engaged in the recall, do you think this is the root cause? I think it's a big root cause. I think the challenge becomes that the average Californian isn't aware of what the root cause is. California is not the party of Democrats or the Republicans. Our faith, there's six and a half million NPP and other parties that outnumber the Republicans. We're the state, this has been the California mantra, I've lived here a long time. We're the, st we're the party of leave me alone, okay? And when they're not left alone, all of a sudden now we're playing catch up over the last 20, 30 years as to, well, how did this happen? It happened exactly because of what you said is because politicians don't want to stand up for their values and get things done because they're behooving to, or beholding to is a better word for it, big special interest. It's really fascinating that direct democracy, which recalls are a part of and initiatives are part of, were actually started by the liberals in uh, 1913, I believe, against a big, big, companies. Yeah. big entity yeah. called Standard yeah. Railroad, yeah. right? And now today, the Democrats are like, well, well, you, this is a really bad thing. You know, it was started by you guys, right? But today, the big entities are Google, Facebook, the unions, right? The PG&Es PG and the PG&Es, the utility Future companies. Union, yeah. When anything, by definition, frankly, be it a portion of government, a company, which is why we have antitrust laws, a media company, becomes too big, its natural inclination is to press, suppress all below them so it keeps power. And power is fed by money. So we can't expect our politicians to be true to their values if they take money from these very big organizations like the teachers union, I'll go ahead and say it, like the labor's union, I'll go ahead and say it, right? That feed them so much money that they beca because this controlling entity wants to keep this entity in power. I want to state again something which is lost a lot. We talk about this a lot. You know, we're a republic, not a democracy. Yeah, thanks for the education. But in a republic, we elect our politicians to vote for us by proxy. And when politicians don't represent us properly by proxy, because they're being influenced by outside forces, California is a very unique state in that we have the most powerful direct democracy in the nation. The challenge is not many people study that direct democracy and know how to use it. 
And the challenge is, is that big money from whatever side comes in and try to utilize direct democracy as a money machine to keep consultants fed, or in this case more than fed, maybe in yachts and boats, and to do things that are for the individual self-interest rather than for the overall interest of the people of California. Now the average person simply isn't aware of that. Frankly, they shouldn't have to be, right? We should be able to live our lives, be economically viable, send our kids to school, right? Be able to dine out for an affordable price where we want. But California's lost that. California's become so, you know, politically and socially more about ideals than the practicality of people living their lives every day in the state. And even Gavin Newsom is selling out his own party and his own ideals by not signing certain bills right now because he's thinking, well, if I'm going to run for president, they may not like what I sign. Whether you like it or not, I'm not going to sign that, right? That's my bad Gavin imitation. But he, he leaves himself open. He's almost like a character of himself. Because Gavin Newsom, like so many politicians, they're more about politics than people. And I think that's really important to note that typically the California politicians we've had the last 20 years, and really think about this, if I can go on for a second. I think this is a Go ahead. Camilla Harris, or Kamala Harris, or however the heck you say her name, right? I was a little bit confused with her. It's like, well, I'm a DA in San Francisco, and now I'm in passion and run for attorney general. All right, let's call that a bad election, but let's put that down. Soon as she's attorney general, she's running for senator. You're like, all right. Soon as she becomes elected senator, she's running for president. This is typical of California politicians today, right? They're not running for California and about the operations of California. They're going to do the it's national. It's all about the next office. Xavier Barcera, who was picked as attorney general, then elected as attorney general, and of course, he let the EDD fall on its face, so let's send him off to Washington to run Health and Human Services, all of welfare. They're just, it's a stepping stone. I find it very strange. So are you saying that California politicians, the ones that are successful in the government, they're always looking, or they're essentially looking for a higher office, therefore they're not paying enough attention to the I'm not saying thing. all California politicians, but I think, and everybody knows this, this story's been reported, there's a group of California politicians, beginning with Willie Brown, that all generated out of the San Francisco area. This is where Gavin, Camila, and all these people are from. And I think it's important to note, not that they're all from San Francisco, but the fact that they're all from a myopic point of view, right? They all kind of grew up in the same community. And so they've pushed their way into power with, oddly enough, um, rich, <laughs> a very rich infrastructure behind them, which the Democrats weren't supposed to yeah. be to begin with from before them, right? That wasn't how they began. And now the ruling California is saying, well, we, this is the way things need to be done.
And because they have no challenge, because Gavin Newsom really hasn't had strong challengers, because the Democratic Party doesn't have strong challengers, instead of spending time doing their job to govern California, they don't have to get in any political debates, do they? They just have, they're looking at the national office. Correct. Now, your movement, so you, had, you have this movement of volunteers and grassroots movement. Do you think this movement can have a voice in California? You, you did the recall, but is, there, is this movement going to be present at some point in the it's future? It's present now. Let's be clear. RebuildCalifornia.com. We do a, um, a vodcaster town hall every week that thousands of people watch. We do communication with the state every week into the millions via the communications mechanism we have. We're alive and well. We're not out to be center stage or start another party. But what we are out to do is this, and sounding kind of like the revolutionary, if you will, and I guess we are the party of the revolution by definition, right? The minority party. Hopefully not a communist revolution. Not a communist revolution. <laughs> We're actually a revolution for the actual United States of America. Let's be clear here. There are all these groups up and down California, right, that are conservative groups. Um, that I find fascinating because there's what used to be pockets of, I used to go speak three years ago in front of, you know, look, there's 10 people in a room. Flags for America, you know. Older people for flags in Pasadena, right? Another, I'm like, guys ever think of having one meeting, right? Well, what's fascinating today is during the recall, which brought all these people together, these groups, we didn't go talk to them now, are groups of 100, 200, and 300 people. We unite them under this banner called Rebuild California, which is alive and well today. And you know what the really sad part is? The people that started the Gascon recall, we talked to them. They were very cognizant that we exist. They were very cognizant. We have the most organization for volunteers, very cognizant that we got the recall on the ballot and kind of knew what we were doing. And they elected not to use our skill sets. And that's sad because Gascon needs to be recalled. Okay, we need to undo the damage that some of these politicians are doing, especially in Los Angeles. But how sad it is. And there was, was there a cost to them or was there? Be honest with you, the cost would have been very minor. Like, in fact, we offered expertise for free and they didn't take one of the basic ones. They made so many basic mistakes in doing a recall that it actually was quite appalling. Let's put money aside. The reality is, you know, I'm in the Los Angeles area. We have a lot of volunteers in Los Angeles area. The group they picked, which is suing them now to collect paid signatures, we could have told them was not restaurant quality. It's probably the best way to put it. The way that they verified signatures was not done properly the number of signatures they gathered. And by the way, this was a free lesson to them. This is a secret and probably shouldn't go on the air. It's called mathematics. If they simply had multiplied the average verification rate 
times the number of signatures which we have in an email from them that they needed to collect, they would have seen they're falling short. You would think when they knew they were falling short, they would have reached back out to us and said, please help us because the recall of Gascon is more important than anything else that we're doing today. Instead, what they kept doing is going to get more monies from donors and spent literally two and a half times what we did a state recall for. Now, um, for the state leaders to meet, um, to actually reconcile and connect with this group of people that you have, the volunteers that were behind the recall, to, to kind of connect with them and what is a way, is there a way for the state leaders to connect with the people that are not happy in California? Yeah, there is, and that's the funny part, right? Um, the state leaders, it's funny, you know, because we've lost what we used to call reaching across the aisle, right? Um, we talk about moderate Democrats. I'm not that hard to find Orrin Heatley. But today, the way we're structured in politics, it's like a moderate Democrat call, they're welcome to come on. Gavin Newsom, we invited him, is welcome to come on radio things that we do. We invited him on there. Gavin himself, come on in, dude. State your case why you shouldn't be recalled. Any Democrat of any party or any independent is welcome to come on the Rebuild California Town Hall to explain what they're doing. But here's the problem that we have. Again, 80% of the people believe in the same thing. But we have extremists on the right, shocking. We have extremists on the left, shocking. And the press, that darn media again, right, likes to paint, we have the left and we have the right. You either belong to one or the other. There's nothing in between. And so the politicians on the left and on the right are scared to talk to what they consider to be the other team. Isn't that sad? And the loser is the average Californian. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Yes, my thoughts for the audience is this. Don't give up your values because you feel you have to be a go along, get along type person, okay? That doesn't mean that you have to be obnoxious about it, but be who you are. And I wanna say the same to politicians. And for the politicians out there, I'd like to say, remember why you ran for office for hopefully the right reasons and start understanding the problems that face California today are not social problems, they're real infrastructure problems that we have in making the state livable. That's why you see this exodus of people that have lived in California a long time leaving the state and an influx of people that don't understand California. For everybody out there, I would say this, do what you can to help, do what you can to help the cause along. And do what you can to do everything in common to make this a better state to live in. Because frankly, that's what we all want. And if you're not doing what you can every day to make this a better state to live in, be you a liberal or be you a conservative, and if we're not talking to each other, 
this is what we have today in California, a state that's becoming harder and harder to live with. But do something about it. Take action, become politically cognizant. Don't wait for somebody else to do something about it. Do something that gives you political activism so you feel empowered. Mike Nether, co-chair of RebuiltCalifornia.com. It was great to have you on California Insider. It was a really pleasure. And let me tell you something. I hope that everybody out there who listens to this becomes a California Insider. <laughs>